lift your voice right now. One more time, let the Holy Ghost finish what he started.
they have now just bought into, it can never be restored back. I said, what's, what's the answer? What's the... And immediately my mind went to Ezekiel. And he looked at the loss. Kingdoms that were promised. Armies that were promised. The glory days of Israel that were promised. And Ezekiel looked at a place where all of that was so far from being possible. But through the prophetic word of that prophet, he began to declare the word of God to things that were dead. Before we get into tonight's message, I feel this so strong right now. Some of you need to speak to your empty basket. The dry bones, the enemy stole your kids. Some old seed. I made this statement many times. I can want it for you so bad. Stay up through the midnight hour praying. But God will not override your will. Somewhere in this, you've got to use your faith to speak that God will restore what's been stolen. I feel in the Holy Ghost right now for you to lift your hands and individually you need to speak to what the enemy stolen. You need to call that son, that daughter, that daughter-in-law, that mama, that daddy, that grandchild. These generations are trying to perpetuate themselves. And what we lost one generation, it's wanting to take the next one. I need Indian Village to stand up and say, tonight it stops with me. I'm getting it back. Come on, speak it prophetically. Speak it. I speak to the dead heart. I speak to the dry bones of this one. I speak to the dry walk with God for this one. I speak life now. Come on. Use your mouth. Declare it. I speak life. I speak hope. I speak deliverance. I speak restoration. I speak the fruit being restored. Come on, somebody. Lift your faith right now. See, I feel that old doubt want to come in. You mean it's just that easy? That's naming and claiming. No, 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 no. I'm not naming and claiming. I'm declaring what was already God's, and I'm becoming the mouthpiece for God to declare it into fruition. There you go. Some of you elders are speaking it right now. Come on, don't stop speaking. They shall live. They shall live. Bobby shall live. They shall live. Come on, call their name. They're going to live. There's faith in you. You've got dominion. Clap your hands to him one more time. Thank him. Prophetic word is just as viable as the literal word. If it lines up with the word of God, it works in harmony. God has a perfect timing. No story I told 
time ago. That story was for me and for the church I was at. But I feel that God's got the same story. It doesn't need to be my story no more. It needs to be your story. I said, there's a backsider about to walk in that back door. I said, it's 720. I think it was 727. You can go talk to Brother Hoosier. It was at his church in Maryville. I said, there's a backsider about to walk in that door. And within just a moment, that backsider walked in that back door. You say, Brother Benoit, that's your story. I'm telling this church prophetically, God's got a story for you. But you got to declare, they're coming home. They're coming home. Drug addiction can't hold them. Immorality can't hold them. Deception can't hold them. I bind it in the name of Jesus and I plead the blood. I plead the blood. They're coming home. They're coming home. That's where our revival's at. God's given us a revival now, but there's greater that God's going to do for your family that you and I have not seen. Don't lose your faith now. Come on, Indian Village. It's going to be your story. Brother Ron, it's going to be your story when Pam walks in that back door. It's going to be your story, Tyler. It's going to be your story, Joan and Keith, when Caleb walks in that back door. Just like God did it for Aaron, God will do it for Caleb. It's going to be your story, Brother Butch, when Megan walks in that back door. I see sinew coming on some bones. I see some flesh coming on some bones. I see some movement in the spirit. I'm not just trying to pump you up. I got a message from God. But God's confirming to this church through the gift of faith. You're feeling it right now. That's a sign to you that God is at work. You've been waiting so long. The timing is God's alone. The timing is His. There's different words in the Hebrew or Greek for time. One of them is et, chronos. But one of them means that God reveals Himself at a critical moment. What he's telling you and I is this. At the right time when it gets critical to that one that hasn't given up their faith, God says, I'll respond. I'm going to respond. God ain't going to fail you. God didn't lie when he prophetically told you they're coming. It was a word from God for you. Hmm. So strong in this place tonight. God does not lie. He don't lie, Brother Dustin. But if the enemy can get you to question whether 
Did that, was that really God? Was that really God saying that? Was that just that man? Let, let me give you a bulletin. If that man was in left field and missed it, and you got the faith to believe that what he said can happen, God will do it for your faith regardless of that man. If he's there to hype you up and just try to get a reaction out of you and don't care about your, your belief and what you have for your family, God will deal with that man. But don't let it fall on me that I fail absent to operating by faith and say I believe it whether I like it or not. Exodus chapter 12 and verse 1. Everything that has happened in this service thus far is perfectly in alignment with what I feel in the Holy Ghost on this communion service here tonight. I'm not going to preach long. It's 6.51. We've still got communion and foot washing. So I'm going to be very brief, but I want to share with you from the Scripture what I feel the Holy Ghost is setting the stage for for our church. Twelve and one, and the Lord spake unto Moses, Exodus, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye, or speak ye unto all the congregation. Saying in the tenth day of this month they shall take unto him every man a lamb according to the house. Everybody say to the house. Of their fathers. A lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb let him say to his neighbor next unto his house. Take it according to the number of souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. Male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats, and ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. The whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. They shall take it of the blood, strike it on the two side posts, the upper doorposts of the house, wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire and leavened bread, and with the bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw nor sodden at all with water. But roast it with fire, all with water. But roast it with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertinence thereof. Ye shall not let nothing of it remain until the morning. That which remaineth of it until the morning, ye shall burn it with fire. And thus shall ye eat it. With your loins girded, shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. I want to preach for a moment from this simple thought. It's the beginning. It's the beginning. You would just lift your hands with me one more time. Ask God to talk to us here very strategically and specifically. Jesus, I ask you right now for your anointing, your favor, your help. Speak to our hearts right now, God. Speak to our hearts tonight through the word of God. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, let it not just be a sermon. Let it be a message that permeates to the, to the heart of all of us in this place tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. The children of Israel being in Egypt at this point was a calamity for all. 
But just as much as God saw their plight, saw their uncomfortable position, Brother Dale, God had a perfect timing with a perfect method, with a perfect way to get them out when it was time. God had it already set up. My mind begins to go, Brother Sean, and think of those people that had been waiting with such anticipation for something to change. They had been waiting so long for God to come to their aid. They knew the God of Abraham. They knew the God of Isaac. They knew the God of Jacob. But even in knowing him, they found themselves incarcerated, in bondage, subject to the taskmasters of Egypt at their bidding and will. That's where much of us find ourselves from time to time. We find ourselves in this world traversing in and out, in functioning just in life, rubbing shoulders with Pharaoh day in and day out. And the the echoing voice that we hear when we leave him is, I'm never going to let them go I'm never going to release your promise I'm never going to release what you believe me for whether it be 50 years 20 years 100 years or 5 days the voice of Pharaoh is louder now than he's ever been before saying I will not let them go it's probably one of the most haunting voices brother Bushnell for a preacher Because you look out on a congregation and you see heart after heart. Minds that are so twisted and bent against God. From the the sin and from the pillaging of the enemy to their families and their homes. But yet Sunday after Sunday. Wednesday after Wednesday. Monday after Monday, prayer goes up. Worship goes up. I'm preaching to saints tonight that you keep praying when it doesn't look like anything's moving. You keep worshiping when it doesn't feel like anything's moving. You keep loving God and faithful to the house of God when it doesn't look for like anything's moving. I'm telling you we're reaching a day and an hour, and I believe it's now. It's a brand new beginning, and God is fixing to change the scene for what you and I have looked at so bleak and dismal at this point there's no Sinai there's no law there's no feast there's no feast of Passover there's no feast of unleavened bread there's no feast of uh, sheaves or first first fruits of the sheaves. There's none of that. No Pentecost yet. There's no feast of tabernacle. None of these things are in place. And God shows up to the people through Moses and Joshua. And he says, This month shall be to you the beginning. Now, you got to understand what God just said. God just changed the whole calendar system for these people. At this point, they had been operating by the sun and he changed it now and he gives them a brand and he says, I'm going to start from this moment forward. I'm going to start something 
that you might, you think it started three months ago when January the 1st came. But God's saying, I started something that defies all science. It defies all the, the people that have been studying the solar system. I'm fixing to do something for my people that's not going to make sense to anybody else. But because I'm God and I'm in charge and I'm able to do anything I want to do, I'm fixing to give you a new system of counting time. Let me help you right now. It might be 30 years in time. You've been waiting for it. But when God says it's done, God will change the time and do whatever he's got to do for you. I've heard him say it so much, Brother Bushnell. And I'm all for patience. I preach James till I think I, he, he knows my home address. But in this hour... I'm not saying God's fixing to change the calendar. But I'm saying this factor of time. God is fixing to escalate some things on the scene. And he's going to move things up. You remember the scripture. For the heart of the king is in the hand of God. He said I put one up and I can put one down. I'm in control of everything. The rising of the sun and the going down of it. It's there because of my word. And nothing ever changes. But if you can just believe me. I can escalate it to the forefront and I can move on a heart that's never moved before because it's time it's the beginning I go as far as to say and I'm very careful with my words here tonight but I feel such a prophetic word in my spirit tonight brother Bushnell, brother Daryl that something tonight will start in the spirit based upon the faith of God's people tonight that will mark the beginning of something that six months from now, three months from now, eight months from now, you're going to look back at this night, whether it had been something you did here or something you did in that pew or something you did in your prayer or something you did before you got to this church tonight, but you made something up in your mind and said, it's going to be different tonight. I'm going to do something to that individual I'm telling you there's a new beginning coming and God it takes faith to believe what I'm saying here tonight this ain't for the weak this ain't for the anemic this is only for those that are strong in faith that says God can do anything regardless of watch I told you I'm going to be short. God set the calendar. It's a lunar for the Jews. It's a lunar calendar. By the moon. And he says, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to mark a beginning in time just for you. You say, well, that's just the Jews. You're a spiritual Jew. I'm not saying God's going to make us a new calendar. I say that again. What I'm saying is there's an element of time that God, it ain't going to make the clock tick any faster, brother. brother. But as fast as we're moving, God can even move that much faster 
in moving people from location to location. This is why I've, I've, I've strongly believed for the Bushnell that it doesn't matter where you're at in building a church. I don't care if you're in the middle of the Kasachi Forest. I don't care if you're in the middle of San Rayburn Forest or you're in an Indian village or you're in the middle of Grand. I don't care where you are. Wherever there's hunger and wherever there's desperation and wherever somebody that wants a relationship with God, God is going to move a little quicker metaphorically to where you and I are. He's going to bring people to that congregation quicker than what it would have taken for 50 years because the time is now. He said, this is going to be the beginning of months and now your year starts today. Your new year starts right now. Incorporated into that They hadn't gotten it yet See because God Had a plan That they didn't even see yet And one of them was The starting of the feast Of Passover They didn't know This is it, this is new And in any beginning God starts doing things in me and your life That we've never seen Or are familiar with He begins to move in ways of your thinking because he's got something new he's trying to show you and I for our tomorrows. I don't see where anybody argued with Moses. There probably was a few in that group that said, you know what, this don't make any sense. But you see, this was the fulfilling of type and shadows. It's not a coincidence that he said, every house. Because the beginning, it doesn't start in the church. It starts in the home. Any move of God and any revival that you will find, it's going to start with an individual in their private life and devotion. See, we think it's the church. We can get some fancy singing and fancy preaching and fancy this or fancy buildings. It starts in the home. And when the people of God, the man of God, the leadership of that church, they begin having their own personal revival in home, something's about to start that hell can't put out. I'm going to say it again. Hell stole your fruit. Hell's not going to steal it this time. Hell's not going to take your friends. Hell's not going to take this community. Hell's not going to take Southwest Louisiana. There will be an apostolic church that believes this truth. One generation's convictions is another generation's traditions is a third generation's inconveniences. We're living in the third generation of inconveniences. Foot washing is an inconvenience. Communion's an inconvenience. Church is an inconvenience. Living for God, proverbially, is an inconvenience. Don't ask me to fast. Don't ask me to stay off of social media. We've got a generation saying, I don't want any part of that. It's inconvenient. But in Indian Village, there's a generation that's saying, it's not an inconvenience. It's a conviction. I believe it with all of my heart.
And if you don't have it as conviction, I ask you tonight in the fear of the God, get a conviction. I live for things, Brother Bushnell, because Brother Ewan taught it. I didn't understand it. But I did it because I trusted that man of God. But you know what happened, Brother Bushnell? I moved, Brother Keith, by what I saw him do in conviction. And when he died off the scene, what should have happened was this. It should have became a tradition to me. But you see, I kept hungering for the things of God. And what was his conviction became my conviction. And I found it in the word of God. Not just because it was quote unquote Brother Merle Ewing's conviction. But it was a conviction that God gave him. And that conviction came to me. And I began to believe it because I found it in the word of God. I say again, there's a beginning of something that's happening in Indian Village. Don't judge it by what you don't see. Judge it by what you see in the spirit. what you feel by faith because God is moving mountains God is setting the stage ever so clearly it starts in the home and homes have got to recognize I need God in my house more than just a a hobby on Sunday. Young couples, listen to me. Young people, listen to me. College and career, listen to me. It's got to be more. It's got to be a lifestyle, a relationship. Because the generation before you, they paid a price to get this to us tonight. And as it started in the house, that lamb, here's what God got them to do. He said, I want you to take that lamb. He said, 10 days, I want you to hold it. Now, now, rabbis look back and they'll give you, but let's go to their day. Why, God? They didn't have an answer to why God held that lamb for 10 days. He just said, hold the lamb for 10 days. See, because in the mind of God, Christ was coming way down the road. And if you study your Bible well, it says that Jesus entered into Jerusalem on the 10th day. And just as much, see, God don't give you why sometimes he asks you to do things. He just wants to know, will you do it just because you trust me? He didn't give them an answer to the why. Now the rabbis want to wax all smart. They didn't know then. He said, 10th day, bring that lamb and I want you to keep it by itself. He said, and it's got to be a lamb. That's a male. Last time I checked, Jesus was a male. See, everything winds up with the re. You might not know it today. But there's a reason those elders years ago preached what they preached. There's a reason they took such a strong stance against things. Yeah, some of it maybe not you can prove in the word of God. But at that time and season, they knew they had to make a stance for the sake of the body. 
And it's no different today. God has not changed. And God is still declaring to the body what you and I need to stay saved. He said, take that male 10th day. Bring it into the house. I need you to kill it. And he said, here's what you're going to do. You're going to eat it with bitter herbs, representing the bitterness of your bondage in Egypt. I don't want you to ever forget. I wonder if sometimes the bitternesses of life that come to us is nothing more than God allowing us to remember Calvary. Because we've gotten so busy in life, we forget what Calvary was all about. We sing about it. But we don't experience it like we used to. So God lets some things come that makes us just distasteful with life. God's trying to show us here by example. I want you to eat some bitter herbs because you can never forget where you were and what I did for you to get you out. He said it don't stop there. You need to roast it over the fire. You need to take that flesh And you need to put it in the fire. The best thing that could ever happen to make a church apostolic is the fire of God to fall and let it roast the flesh. That's why God lets some things happen again in your life and my life. The fire is what tempers us and it begins to make us. And it's for one reason. God's not trying to destroy you. God didn't send the sickness to destroy you. He didn't come to because he gets joy out of me and your suffering. He's trying to remind us by the fire of affliction. Don't forget what I brought you out of. (laughs) Didn't end there. He goes one more time. He said, don't let that lamb be sodden. This one is it. This was to me the best part, Brother Dale, out of them all. He said, don't water down the lamb. Don't you ever let it get in your spirit that you begrudge an apostolic preacher coming to a pulpit and telling you and I from the word of God what it's going to take to be saved. I'm not for acid. I'm not for this hardness trying to make people feel less than. But I am for the sternness of the word of God. It's for correction. It's for reproof. And it's for sound doctrine. And you and I need to have it in our heart. Preach to me, preacher. Don't ever water it down. Don't ever play a game. Don't ever beat around the bush. Tell me what I got to do for my family to be saved. Don't water it down. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what I've got to hear. We've done made a creation now in church and Christianity. It's all now just about love, 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 love. And yes, but you need to add the other component of that. Preach the truth. In love. It's going to take both. We got everybody preaching love, but they ain't preaching no truth. We need the truth of God with the love of God. And I promise you, there ain't no sinner that can refuse the doctrine of Jesus Christ. All right. So if he's to pass over. He said the next day on the 15th day, that's 10, that's 14. Now on the 15th day, you're going to take unleavened bread. Take the leaven out, a type of sin. This all fit because we just come off of a seven-day or week of sacrifice. Seven uh, days, one week of sacrifice. We have done our best to eliminate sin, our flesh, 
to get ourselves ready to remember what Calvary is all about. Unleavened bread. And then the last one was the sheave or one sheave of the first fruits. Again, all of these types and shadows happen at the very beginning to show that Jesus Christ was the fulfillment. He was the first fruits of the dead. Not Pentecost. Pentecost didn't come till 50 days later. We're still in the beginning, Passover unleavened. And the sheave of first fruit, the sheave, Christ, a picture, the lamb. He was the lamb. He was the sheave. He was the blood. He was the judge. He was the advocate. He was all the above. But it's a picture for you and I of what was coming down the pipe. And Jesus shows up and they could not receive all that they had in the Old Testament showing them what he was and what he was going to be for them. He was the, the lamb that John stood on the muddy banks of Jordan and declared, Behold, the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He was trying to transition them from the lamb that you sacrificed to come out of Egypt. This one is going to take it away once and for all. That there will be never any going back. He is the unleavened. He is the first fruits, the sheaf. Of first fruits. He's the lamb. He's the beginning. And he's going to be the end. And if God is starting something for you and I tonight. Here's what I ask you in closing. If he starts it tonight. He starts it tonight. And he is going to start something tonight. For somebody. He's starting something for me. I looked in my Bible. I marked it down. I read it to her. In 2018, the close of that year, I was in another church at about November, December. And the lady, old prophetess, came up to me. She said, Brother Benoit, she said, I got one word for you. And here it is. 2018 was a year of completion. Does anybody know what happened in 2019? The Lord closed one chapter and said, I'm going to start another chapter and I'm going to send you to Indian Village and I'm going to do something in Indian Village. I say again, God is completing some things for you and I in 2022 and 21 and God has made us ready for something in 2023 that we have never seen yet. And if God's going to start it, let's let him finish it. And the way you let him finish it is you worship him in faith. Stand with me right now. We can't let it water down. We've got to fulfill what God's asked us to do. And Calvary is more than just a story that you and I hear. Calvary is something he's got for us now. If you would, ministers, I want you to begin to get ready, get our communion cups and make them ready. But as they're doing that, I want all of us right now to lift our hands. The word of God has already went forth right now. And we need to respond before we go any further to the word of God that has gone forth right now. I feel the gift of faith moving in people right now. Come on, lift your voice right now. We need to respond to the word of God right now. Come on, respond to what we just heard. 
I just, we, we've got the Holy Ghost moved on us. We're taking the Old Testament, bringing it to the New Testament. God's trying to show you and I this communion we're about to take. This ain't just a Pentecostal thing. This is an Old Testament thing that goes all the way back. We've got to remember Passover. We've got to remember the Lamb. And we've got to remember what the power of the blood can do for you and I. Come on, lift your voice with me. God, I need you right now. I need the power of Calvary to be real in my home right now. I need the power of Calvary to be real in my own personal life. Come on, we just came off of a week of sacrifice. It should be easy right now to accept and say, okay, God, I pick up my cross right now. I pick it up right now. This ain't just going to be a one-time thing. I think it would be only fitting before we come and take these cups. I've taught this so long. We go on seven-day fast or three-day fast beginning of the year. It shouldn't just be at the beginning of the year. We should fast all year long. A day a week at minimum for the hour that we live in. I'm not saying commandment. You do what you want to do. Old brother T.W. Barnes taught me this. He said if just one, forget ministry, brother Benoit. He said just one day a week minimum is what you should be doing. If you're full-time ministry, at least two days a week. Full-time ministry. Oh, could hear a flock of dogs going over right about now. Oh, God, I just come out of seven days. What I'm asking you is that God's looking for consistency. I don't want to fast seven days and then don't fast again for six months. Let's be consistent in our sacrifice. That means maybe social media might happen again in three months. That maybe God moves on you just to get off of it. Do whatever you got to do to be saved. Come take a communion cup here tonight. Scripture. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For the Lord is with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. If that's your prayer and you believe that, lift your hands right now. Give God a shout of thanksgiving. A shout of praise for the goodness of God. Come on, shout unto him and tell him how good he is. That Calvary touched me in your life. The blood of the Lamb has redeemed us. And that we all, we all are better today than we've ever been before. The blessing of God is on our church. The blessing of God is on every family in this church because of the obedience of the families of God. I don't want us to ever lose that, but I want those blessings to continue in the house of God. If you love the Lord, just one more time, just lift your hands and thank Him. Jesus, I thank you tonight for this service. I thank you for your hand of protection. Come on, lift your voice and thank him right now. I told Sister Ashley, I want her to sing a song before we close, just that there would be a rejoicing that goes across this place tonight in thanksgiving for what God has done.
Come on, step out of your pew right now. Just begin to worship Him and love Him and thank Him right now in dismissal of this service. God, we love you tonight. We praise you and we magnify your name. I know the year's already started for us, but let's set the tip over tonight Lord, for what God has already done for you almost high. He's good and He's faithful. Your love in the morning. Take a